We talked a lot this morning about scams because they continue to be a huge and growing problem, especially with the number of ways they can come at you now. It's not just on your phone. They're texting you. They're emailing, sending direct messages on social media. How many times a week do you get approached by a potential scam artist? For me, it's like 15 to 20. Silo Mission says they are serving more meals than last year. Way more meals. We'll tell you how much. The news is stunning. For our small town salute today, we had a great conversation with the proprietor of a business in Oak Bank called Scrap Chicks. And we had some fun talking about the things that instantly annoy us. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, December 1st podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And you know what? On that wind front, Loren, yesterday, obviously, yesterday morning was nuts. Uh, and, but last night, as I went to bed, I thought, wow, it's quiet outside. And I opened my weather app, and then the, for the wind speed was zero km an hour <laughs> with gusts of up to zero. And so what a difference yesterday. I don't know if we ever even see that, do we, in southern Manitoba? Zero point something on the wind front? Like, it feels like every other day the gusts are large. And I don't know about you guys, what that does to your driveway, but we had to shovel three times yesterday due to the drifts and the wind, so it was Uh. annoying. And it's just December now, people. (laughs) Well, December 1st, and that was the first thing I noticed this morning when I went out as well, Brett, was the lack of wind. And, uh, Loren, there's no snow shoveling going on over here everybody See, we're is in the vortex the weather, so oh okay yeah, i thought it was because not, you just have happening. the clear driveway some people just yeah, live at that right angle oh, okay not bad one of the benefits of not parking in the garage <laughs> we're in a whirlpool of wind oh i heard that yes you, if you park in the on the driveway you protect your driveway from snow that's right. Is that what you're that's saying? My, yeah. That's my new strategy i'm going with that reason number 27 greg mackling will not clean out that garage i thought you cleaned it out I did. Mm. It's uh, it's almost set. It's almost set. I have to take Wait down a-, a temporary workbench, and then uh, Jackie can park inside if she wants. Wow. Yeah. Several years project. <laughs> almost complete. I feel like it was clean a year ago, and that workbench was a problem. No? I think I sent you a picture from a couple summers ago. There was a car in there for about two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um... We are going to be discussing several. Well, okay, you know what? Let's, let's start with the sea bears because yesterday there were a lot of people talking on social media. We'll get more into this at six thirty-five. But uh, the, the pro basketball team that we learned was coming to Winnipeg uh, a few weeks ago. We learned more about them, their name, where they're going to play. The sea bears in the Canadian Elite Basketball League going to play at Canada Life Center. So, Mackling, what was your reaction to that? Well, I had heard that this announcement was forthcoming, I was sort of surprised to not have had any advance warning or invitation to the announcement. Originally, though, I had heard that they were going to play out of the Investors Group Athletic Centre at the University of Manitoba. And then that that sort of fell through and that we were going to have this basketball team in the CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, at Canada Life Centre. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So then they announced the name yesterday and the logo, a polar bear, uh, you can, we'll debate and converse about that, but then the name sea bear and, and, and not too many people seem to be 
appreciating the name. I think it's kind of cool. It's it's uh, it's a polar bear, though. I'm not exactly sure why we, we need to be teaching one another Latin in 2023, but that's the way they're deciding to go. <laughs> okay, so we're at 6.35. We're going to hear more from the club president who spoke with CJOB Sports Show host Christian O'Mell on the, uh, you know, the, the research and the thought process that went into the name. And it's actually, after hearing that, it's kind of got me turned around a little bit because my initial reaction was uh, that I didn't much care mm for the logo um not as i and as i think about it i'm not really sure why probably just given the time of day i looked at it yesterday and i was sleepy and grumpy and uh see bad news brett that's why it just was timing i like sea bear it makes me think of sea bass from dumb and dumber (laughs) so i I don't know that's the way they were going but (laughs) anything if that helps ursus maritimus you can uh, weigh in, by the way, it's at 204-780-6868. What do you think of the Sea Bears and the colors and the logo, etc.? And the fact that they're going to be playing at Canada Life Centre. I think that's pretty cool. So we'll get more into that at 635. And then at 705, we want to talk about scams um, because it's uh, it, it, there, there doesn't seem to be anything that, that is, can slow down the momentum of scammers, be, especially given the, rend, the number of platforms in which they can now sort of attack us. Well, I was just telling you guys this morning, like, first of all, there's your phone, sure. There's your home phone that they used to call on years ago, then your cell phone, then they can come through text, they can come through email. And uh, we use Teams, uh, I know lots of companies use Teams to communicate and Yesterday, I was sharing with you guys this photo from yesterday from my phone call directory where there was four different calls from four different numbers through teams that came to my phone from numbers like 929-918-658. I don't know what that is. 9275-363670. But they were all either nobody there or hello. And then I was like, oh, God, no. And I just hung up because I, I was assuming it was some sort of scam. And so now in addition to just filtering or trying to avoid those phone calls on my phone, through Teams, I think I'm getting some sort of scam, and I'm going to check with our IT department today because I don't know what that's about, but I don't need my phone to ring an extra four or five times a day when it's just nonsense like that. Yeah, and that's the bothersome part is the different ways that they can get to you, and they're very crafty. Uh, the emails in particular around Black Friday and Cyber Monday disguising themselves as uh, different uh, retailers and and it, and it's typically a spelling error that gives them away and it's just like mm, if you'd just taken that extra 30 seconds and double checked your work you might have got me uh but for the most part there is just always something just a little bit off and i guess that's a good thing but it, it, it's frightening brett and loren how often people fall for these things but more bothersome is just how often they're trying yeah, it's a, and it's just annoying how how vigilant we now have to be with uh, you know I don't if I don't recognize a number I might not answer the phone if I you know get certain emails you got to take a, a closer look at it and there are certain things like even the, I got uh, an email through the company it was from a genuine chorus mm-hmm. entertainment email address but it was they were asking me to register for something I never heard of didn't know what it was I even asked our IT department. And they didn't know. 
so it took me some, I had to do some serious vetting on this before I could sign up for this, uh, this thing they wanted me to, it's just some sort of password management thing, which was even weird, like more, maybe it put me on my hackles a bit more because, okay, you want me to sign up for password sharing yeah, <laughs> and I don't know what you are or who you yeah. are. It, it's at the point where, you know, and we talked about this earlier this week about we hate where we are in society in the sense of like, trust no one, you know, don't help anyone, trust no one, but you get a phone call, you don't trust it. You know, and and they're the scams are sometimes to text, sometimes by person on the phone saying like a loved one has been hurt. Well, anyone would want to help a loved one. So there was someone in St. Pierre's Jolie area went to buy a, a dog earlier this week from someone else on Facebook. Total scam. You have to basically look at everything that's being offered to you and say this probably isn't true. I'm not sending you money now. Before we uh, we'll get more into the scams at seven oh five. There's a clip that's been put into our system called Seabass. <laughs> yes. Did you do that, Lorraine, or did Jeff? No, it probably no, came I... from Jeff Braun. <laughs> I'm well, going to guess. Okay, well, let's fire this off. Who's the dead man that hit me with the salt shaker? <laughs> oh, that, it was a terrible mistake, sir. Please, oh, believe me, I would never do anything to offend a man of your size. Kick his ass, Seabass! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who who plays Seabass? He's a Boston Bruin, Cam Neal. No, Cam, Cam Neal, you got yeah, it. Cam oh, you wow. got it. Well done. <laughs> Thanks, Broad. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We're talking scams after Global News at 7 o'clock. And as we were discussing that earlier, uh, me, Greg, and Loren, I mentioned to them that I got a scam text yesterday from a 607 area code, which, by the way, is in the greater Broome County area of New York. Of and, course. Uh, yeah. And it simply read, hi, Alice. How are you? I deleted that text, by the way. But Greg's reaction was, Alice, Alice, who the <clears throat> is Alice? And my reaction to Greg was, oh, shut up! Because I hate that song, or at least the dance remix version that I know that I used to hear at nightclubs in the 90s, which went something like this. Sidebar, there is a bit of a fascinating etymology about that song, originally titled Living Next Door to Alice. It dates back to the 70s. Someone later added the extra lyrics for fun. We don't have full time for a full history lesson here. Let's just get on with it. Get on with it. What instantly annoys you? 204-780-6868. we got some cantankerous people on this panel. Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you, sir? Uh, for me, I think it's because I've been working in radio for all these years, but I find I'm, I'm sensitive to the sound of people's voices. And if I meet somebody and I don't care for their voice, it upsets me greatly, almost instantly. And I'll think, oh, uh, you, you know, you might be a... Someone good to know in my life, but you sound like a duck, so I never want to see you again. Uh, <laughs> now I have to figure out how to avoid you for the rest of my life. So that's what I go by, and it happens a lot. You sound like a duck? <laughs> Some I've met several people that sound like, it's like, wow, this is like Donald Duck come to life here. <laughs> uh, Cameron Poitras, what about you? Uh, this one I have to preface. I understand, I underline here, that many people have mobility issues. They may be elderly they maybe can't walk that fast anymore. I hear you. I understand you. But slow walkers drive me absolutely crazy. It, it it just bothers me so much when I have to, like, I'm stuck behind this person. And I'm not even in a rush. But it's just, like, the fact of the matter that this person is moving at such a snail's pace <laughs> that I have to speed past them and then have to, like, cut them off. That it, it just, it's, it's so, it just immediately annoys me. Um, as well, I think it goes hand in hand with when people turn slowly in their cars. 
when they make a right-hand turn and it takes them 10 seconds with no oncoming traffic and they slowly accelerate. It, like slow turners are another <laughs> one of my big problems. Turning slowly in your car. Just turn, drive. <laughs> drive your car. <laughs> the pedal like, means go. I feel like I'm listening to myself right now. I can't tell you how many times in my car, in that same scenario where I'll just be shouting, drive, drive, turn. And, and, and then I think, why am I getting so angry here? I, I'm not in a rush, but this person is turning so slowly. It's just like, I just, like, I'm flabbergasted. Like, why won't you turn? It's There's no oncoming traffic. It's a clear lane. Turn your car. <laughs> uh, who's next? Mackling, what about you? Uh, just uh, hit play. What? I don't appreciate that beep, sir. Oh, well, you know, the light had turned green and... I gave you time. You must have drifted off or something. No, I didn't drift. Were you daydreaming? Uh, no, I was doing huh? important police business. Well, with all due respect, a green light is not the time to be doing police business. Uh, sir, I don't appreciate the aggressiveness of the beat. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know what? This is my friend's car, and I'm not really attuned to the <laughs> subtleties of the horn yet. It was merely just a reminder, B, but a subtle way of telling you, eh, eh, time to go. Let's get moving. <laughs> moving on. I hate when people decide when it's time for me to go, when it's safe for me to go, when I'm at an intersection or I'm in a parking lot and someone is waving me through or has decided to change the rules at a four-way stop and the honking of the horn. What does the honking of the horn actually accomplish? Stop honking your horn. And in the drive-through line, no less, had that in Regina the other day. Somebody at the back of the of the drive-through line didn't like how fast it was going. Uh, it just gets it gets. Did you use the word hackles earlier, McGarry? Yeah, yeah. It gets my hackles up immediately when I hear. Uh, I want to change my answer to uh, I hate it when people don't know how to use the drive-through line and linger in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's designed for bumper-to-bumper uh, -bumper traffic, and if you leave half a car length between you and the guy in front of you, you're screwing up the line. Well, that that that's that's accurate, Jeff. Just get out, knock on the window, and tell the guy, "Hey, move up. You don't have to honk." To be fair, though, there are times where you're sitting at a light, and it's like, okay, once, two, three, four seconds go by, and you can see the driver in front of you has their head down. So either they're asleep, yes. or they're or on, on their, their phone. phone, or yeah. they're on their phone. Now that's a different story altogether. But I'm not on my phone. Fair, fair enough. Don't flip and honk at me, Loren McNabb. I have so many things that I don't even know where to begin. One, when you're when you're in traffic and you're going to, and this is not a zipper merge rant. This is just I'm trying to go move into a different lane, but it could be a zipper merge. And you're slowly all creeping along together. Both lanes are full of traffic. You want to get into the left lane, and there's a little space that you see, and the guy who's in that moment decides to sort of gun the gas, you know, to get up to prevent you from getting in that space. You know, like it's like they just can't stand that you're going to move in in front of them and they will be one more second late. And so they speed up to block God help you, you if you put on your signal and that, indicate the fact that you're going to I'm do I'm moving that. in. This yeah, really bothers but, you? I'm coming in. No? Oh, yeah. That, no? That, That's that, what I always that yell. No, you don't faster. want that? Oh, drives me nuts. And then, you know, also I feel for customer service people or people who work in re repetitive situations. Like, so I went to go pay a ticket the other day <laughs> and I get to the court 
I'm stand, I'm sitting there. There's like a 45 minute wait, and you can hear everything that's going on. First guy goes up, hi, I was try, I was going slowly. I don't think I, I sped. The guy's like, yeah, this is not where you argue your ticket. I'm just going to give you an appointment. I need your license. Next person goes up, I just like to say there was a tree in front of the stop sign, and I couldn't see the stop sign. And the guy goes, yeah, again, this is just where you make an appointment. Here's I need your license. 40 times this happened in front of me, and nobody clued in to the just be quiet and get up there. So I get up there hand over my license, hand over my ticket. They go, ooh, you must have been here before. And I was like, no, I'm just listening to the fact that you can't do anything besides make me an appointment. Listen, people, pay attention. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In a moment, we're going to talk more about scams, but in our previous half hour, we are asking you, what are the things that instantly annoy you? Which one of... You have harvested this text message from Mel. My hand is up here, Brett. The expression, it is what it is. And anyone who <laughs> dares utter it in my presence. This from Mel. I'm not afraid to tell people it's a cop out. And then refer to the headstone song, which goes in the final analysis. It is what you make of it. Mm. Expressions. That's a good one. We should save that for a, a date where we talk about the expressions that bug you. It's yeah. a dry cold. Relax. <laughs> relax. Oh, Don't worry relax. about it. Why would I be relax. talking to you if Whoa. I wasn't worried? Don't worry about it. I'm clearly worried. I'm talking to you about it. Wow. You want me to go from a two to a five instantly? Uh. Relax. <laughs> 204-780-6868. The things that instantly annoy you for a chance to win a pass for Canada's Winter Wonderland will give that pass away at 915. Now, on the subject of scams... And our question of the day, actually, for Mr. Furnace, don't call them first, you'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. How many times per week do you get a phone call or message that is likely a scam? And I mentioned last half hour, I got a text message yesterday from a 607 area code that simply read, Hi, Alice, how are you? So I, I bet you I get, just on the text message front, probably five spam texts a week, I get... In, in the various direct messages on whether it's Twitter or Instagram through either my account or CJOB's account, probably 15 to 20 mm. per week. And then there's the phone calls, which range from, you know, there's usually at least one a week to, I don't know, maybe five, maybe 10. It's just nonstop. Yeah, it's, it's relentless, right? I think we can all agree on that. And it's on the rise. Like Canadians have already lost more money this year to scams than all of last year. Those are numbers from the Anti-Fraud Centre of Canada, and they only go to the end of October. So we've already lost more as of the end of October than all of last year. And out of curiosity this morning, I was kind of thinking, well, what, what's out there? What are these criminals trying to do? And I found so many stories in our news system. Like, first of all, this time of year, you're shopping, you, you buy something online, and then... You receive either an email or a text telling you that there is a problem with your package or they need some sort of information from you. You just need to click on a link, either download something or provide some information. And automatically, you know that that's not something you want to do because that could be a risk for identity theft or even downloading some malware or spyware onto your computer. But it's hard to ignore those ones because you're often, you've, you have ordered something and you're thinking, should I click on this? Because I did order something from A, B, or C. And so it's hard to ignore those ones, Greg. And that's just the simple holiday shopping scams. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, there's the DHL one yep. uh, that I get all the time. And it's like, yeah, nobody that I order from uses that. But if you're not thinking twice, you're right. They're just randomly sending them out. Because most of us are ordering stuff online and, and we want to get it. And so 
uh, our curiosity and our impetuousness it gets the better of us. And, and that's what they count on. But then there are the more sinister attempts, like the call a man in Vancouver received from someone claiming to have kidnapped a loved one. Police say a man received a call yesterday from a person claiming to have kidnapped the man's wife. The call also appeared to be coming from his wife's phone. And a woman could be heard screaming in the background while the caller demanded a ransom. As disturbing as that sounds, police say you should hang up and contact the authorities instead. The man uh, was frantic and uh, called the North Vancouver SMP. We immediately launched our kidnapping protocol. We called in our serious crime unit, our investigative support team, and our emergency response team was also involved. We have to treat this as serious until such time we, we discover, we, we have information, this is not a real uh, kidnapping. So many things to enrage me about that story because police aren't busy enough. Right. And then these scammers are really playing on your emotions like that. Like there's a scam to trick you, but then to then to horrify you, that that that's like terrorism in my mind. And a few weeks ago, an 81-year-old in Ontario was scammed out of ten thousand dollars by a fraudster who called to say her granddaughter was hurt in a car accident. Like, come on, these people are sick. This man then told her that when police came to to help, they found a gun in a car. So her granddaughter was in jail. And if she wanted to get her out, she needed to come up with some cash. This is this is sickening, Brett. Yeah, it's it, it's a, a lot to take in. I, to When I think about the amount of time I spend in any given day thinking about, is this a scam? Sometimes it's obvious, like when you get a message on, say, uh, if you're on Twitter, sometimes you might get a direct message where you can see that 50 people have been tagged in the message. So mm -hmm. that's an instant delete for me. But the, there are emails that I'll get. And I'll, uh, this is an example. This happened well over five years ago, but I was dealing with a situation with Canada Revenue Agency because I had messed up my taxes and I was going back and forth with them trying to fix what was going on. And, and I knew that there was going to be a refund forthcoming. Um, and then I got an email from purportedly from Canada Revenue Agency telling me that what the re the refund was, and it was in the ballpark of what I was expecting. But I just thought there's something that that just doesn't seem right here. So I called them and they said, yeah, we don't we would never contact mm -hmm. you that way. Right. But it's yeah. hard, then, you know, I, I was just going to say, Greg, I feel for people because it's easy to sit there and say you wouldn't fall for this. But clearly people are like to the tune of tens of thousands of victims per year. And I and I'd like to know, look, I get police are busy, but what resources are we throwing at this? Because it's you there's the loss of money. There's the fact that there's someone else there who's getting away with it, which drives you nuts. And then there's that emotion part to it, right? Like if you're you're the grandmother who's worried about your granddaughter, you're the husband who thinks their wife has been kidnapped. Like there's what resources are we putting into this to try to crack down? Because it's only getting worse. And so how are not only us trying to what do we need to learn to not be scammed, but what are police and other resources doing about it to catch the ones who are, who are coming at us? Well, they're playing on our emotions and our pride because, you know, at what point in that scam when you're being victimized, are they, are they telling you, you know, you can't tell anybody about this. If you tell anybody about this, then we're going to come after you. Like, you, you know, there's a whole other uh, level of, of, of intimidation going on once people go further down that rabbit hole. And Brett, when you go back to your your text message from purportedly from from Revenue Canada, you know, these scammers have done some homework, 
Some of them don't, but some of them do. So they know probably what the average refund is. They probably have an idea of what percentage of people actually get a refund. And so they're just, they're spamming tens of thousands of people every single hour. They're throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something, something will stick. And far too often it's sticking and people are, people are, are, are trapped into these things. It's, uh, it's not good. It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. What are some things that just instantly annoy you? Not necessarily make you angry, but just something that gives you an, that immediate visceral reaction. Producer Jeff Forte, we didn't get to you earlier. What annoys you? Greasy handprints. <laughs> Greasy handprints. Loren knows what I'm talking about. She yes, saw them. They're still here. That was over a week ago. There are two greasy handprints on the window in my room here. And it's like every morning I look at the window and it just drives me nuts. And like, how greasy are these handprints? They're actually also on the wooden cabinet behind me, which is painted dark gray. And you can see them on there too. Like, what are you doing? Wash your hands. Someone ate a bucket of chicken and then like walked up to the window and put their, I tested it last week. I was like, oh, maybe it's just sweaty prom prom prints. I put my hand up and you could see a little bit of the mark and then it condensation and then it goes away. And I was like, no, you're right. These are just greasy, greasy handprints. And we don't have glass cleaner like anywhere in this building, apparently. (laughs) I've, I've looked, I've looked and I can't find any to clean it up. He's irked, people. Fried chicken fest in the control room. Well, and I somebody would... isn't cleaning up after themselves. So that, yeah, that cleaning up after yourself, especially with a, leaving a mess behind like that. Jeff Forte, well said. Thank you. Yep. We had a guy who used to work here. I'm not going to say who, but uh, he had I know uh, he had sweaty hands. And every time I had to use the news booth after he used it, I had mm. to go in there with the, the the wipes and wipe everything down because there were like there are genuine sweat stains all over everything. And I, I felt kind of bad for him because clearly this was something he was dealing with. But at the same time, I was like, can you clean up after yourself? Come on. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win stuff. We'll pick a winner at 9.15, something that instantly annoys you. Small town salute. Shortly after we gave a shout out to Beausjour last week for our small town salute, we talked about the importance of trying to support local, particularly in small communities. And it went something like this. There are so many bedroom communities in this province that if you pass through, there really isn't a lot in the terms of retail because people are choosing to shop in Winnipeg and the towns that are truly successful are the ones that have homegrown businesses. So absolutely, as a small town girl, as a daughter of an entrepreneur, get out there, do your local stuff. How do you like that? Do, huh? <laughs> do your local, huh? <laughs> hey, do not cut that into a promo. Do your local. Nah, nah. So first of all, of course, I instantly turned it into a promo <laughs> clip and made sure to send it to our boss, Heather, who is laughing out loud at her desk. So uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Loren. And then you send it to me and I was like, of course you did. But more importantly, out of that weirdness rant, it led to this text from Sheila that went... Thank you, Loren. This small town entrepreneur appreciates your enthusiasm. Scrap Chicks in Oak Bank. Mm, so we thought, what a great name. Scrap Chicks. 
So we had to hear more. We're joined now by Sheila Lamb in Oak Bank. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. Thanks for taking some time to join us this morning. Oak Bank, uh, the community my wife just will never give up on me moving to. She, In fact, just yesterday, one of our friends sent us a MLS listing in Oak Bank. So I'm familiar with Oak Bank, but for those who are not, tell us a little bit about that community because it's one of those bedroom communities Loren was talking about just east of Winnipeg. Well, Greg, first off, you just get your pen ready and sign those papers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. Not happening. Uh, Oak Bank is absolutely wonderful. Um, uh, as you know, uh, Oak Bank is in, located in the municipality of Springfield, which uh, is probably one of the fastest growing municipalities in the province. has a lot of history, beauty. We have Birds Hill Park, very close proximity. A wonderful community in town offering all kinds of amenities from, you know, car service to fine dining, restaurants, uh, Pine Ridge Hollow is not far away. Um, we have um, just a lot to offer with schools, beautiful homes, and then a lot of uh, small uh, or, you know, farming uh, families all around all around the area. I actually live 10 minutes outside of Oak Bank in Cooks Creek, which is really famous for its Ukrainian Catholic Church and Grotto, which all of you have probably heard of. And uh, but my business is in Oak Bank, and I'm just really proud to be part of it. It's um, it's a fabulous community that in 20 minutes you can be back on Regent at Costco if you need something bigger than you can find in town. And um, you know, a lot of people commute, and but you you leave the city. And I always said instead of having a cabin at the lake, I just go home and I have my three acres and horse and dogs and everything and you can't you can't ask for a better life Whew, she's really selling this here i'm looking up real <laughs> yeah. estate listings yeah. in oak bank yeah. right now sheila you know I, I was in your neck of the woods just a few weeks ago for one of the kids hockey games in the springfield area and, and as i passed through oak bank i thought wow there's a lot of businesses here for a community that is that close to the city right you've done well to keep a lot of homegrown businesses there and so let's Absolutely. talk about scrap scrap chicks what is it scrap bean like it's scrap books scrap chicks Yes, um, I always say uh, scrapbooking is such a lame term for what we represent. Lame in just that people think, oh, you know, grandma's album and a few photos and a couple of stickers. But the whole industry has evolved and grown, and it, it's huge. I mean, it's it's all over the world, uh, of course, originating in Utah, um, you know, with the Mormons and, and giving their, their loved ones a, a scrapbook when they left home. But, um, but you know, it's paper crafting in general. It's everything from mixed media, making beautiful artwork on plaques, learning all kinds of techniques from saving your beautiful photos in albums as traditional as that is to the cards that, that uh, the ladies and, and even gentlemen make that, uh, that we have as customers. And, um, and basically Scrap Chicks, it, it's an endearment to a name um, that a group of us uh, that used to be uh, a group of girls that would go out scrapbooking and we just kind of became dubbed Scrap Chicks. And then I loved hosting events and, and worked with a magazine, an international magazine, um, to come to... Winnipeg and in 2015 launched a really big event where I brought all the scrapbooking stores in Manitoba under one roof. So the whole, you know, build it and they will come. Well, the magazine came and it was a huge success. And from 2015 to 2019, we were able to do that. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. And and um, and then just just a couple of weeks ago on the Remembrance Day weekend, we were able to finally host Scrap Chicks Gone Wild because, you know, we've literally gone wild with the size of it. It's over 100 people in a ballroom for three days in Winnipeg and and so on. So 
the whole idea is Scrap Chicks. Um, I started out sort of more as a event planner, um, hosting events and the experience for scrapbookers, card makers, paper crafters. And then eventually people, I got into actually carrying some product and then people, we were on a trailer and mobile with my husband. And, um, and then people just said, you know, it'd really be nice if you could park somewhere. And then one day, lo and behold, in, in Oak Bank, um, right at the corner of one of the only two sets of lights <laughs> in town, one, um, a unit opened up um, and uh, it's just been fabulous. We, we parked our business there. My daughter was graduating, so I felt like, well, this would be perfect until she figures out where she's going and what she's doing. She could work the store. It's safe. It's comfortable. It's beautiful. And really, with its close proximity to Winnipeg, we service all of Manitoba, uh, near and far. People will drive out. You know, uh, not everybody has perimeter-itis, which is what we giggle about sometimes. And people say, oh, you know, it's so far or whatever. Um, as in living outside the city, you hear that your whole life. But but um, we actually ship product. All over Canada, um, every day we have orders coming in from all across Canada and, uh, and into the United States. And um, you really have to appreciate when you walk in the store, people are looking for, you know, your typical albums, like I said, and your stickers. But we have about 14,000 different products. And uh, a big part of it is steel dyes. And they're, they're a dye that's made of steel. We import them from all over the world, from all different companies, from all different artists. And they go through a machine and they punch out the image that they are out of cardstock. And then people create incredible artwork um, with with um, the combination of paints and, and different uh, textiles. And we had an artist fly in from Greece and teach here um, at our store in May. And it's it's just a lot more than the name scrapbooking kind of lends itself to, <laughs> if that helps. <laughs> no, the, another you had a solid sales pitch for Oak Bank, a solid sales pitch for scrapbooking. Um you I know, like Scrap Chicks Gone Wild, by the way, Brett. That sounds like a fun <laughs> <weekend>. <laughs> Well, and, and it's, as we get into the holiday season, and I'm sure you know, this is probably a, a particularly crafty time of year for a lot of people, but so uh, you, I'm sure you're going to see some increased traffic. So what's your ask? Like, what are you, what would you ask of consumers this holiday season as they come for a visit? Well, you know, um, I have to, like, I really did, uh, Loren, when you said that uh, statement, it really touched me. Um, and for that reason, because, you know, we opened in July of 2019 and pandemic hit in 2020. Um, and uh, I have to say, we were really grateful that if we were in any business, people being stuck in their homes and needing things to do, Scrap Chicks was there, uh, you know, and called upon to to, to help people out. And um, it gave people a chance to create. So, I mean, we love when people come into our store. We love the, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what's in here. And, you know, they're amazed. And um, we just appreciate the support. So we're in Oak Bank not because we're resting, you know, our whole uh, life sales on, on the um, clientele and residents of, of Oak Bank who have been supportive. But um, just it's a beautiful place to have our business. So, you know, we have a website. Um, uh, we host uh, local events. We support uh, everybody we can as well. And actually... Just if I can uh, give a plug, this uh, Saturday it just so happens that it's our Moonlight Madness, the first time in three years that we're able, uh, the town of Oak Bank is having it. So we have Al Simmons doing a show, uh, tree lighting, nat- nativity scenes, horse and tractor, wagon rides. I mean, that's the kind of thing you're going to find in Oak Bank. And, uh, of course, the holiday train, the CP holiday train will be passing through on the north side of town, too. So, um, you know, we just appreciate every single person that visits us and supports us whether you're online or in person winter chicken days <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah 
uh, chicken days in, in, in June. I mean, how like like I've got a name like Scrap Chicks, and then you have a town that has something called Chicken Days. I mean, go <laughs> <so> figure. <laughs> we'll call you in June, Sheila, so we can learn more about Chicken Days, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Sheila Lamb from Scrap Chicks in Oak Bank. Thank you very much for joining us, and thanks for contacting us last week. I, 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 I said to Loren, I think Loren and I both spotted your text at the same time and thought, there we go, there's our small town salute for next week. So we appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. And if you have any ideas for a small town salute, feel free to shoot us a text at 204-780-6868. We do it every Thursday just after 7.30. And by the way, Loren, uh, this this battle that Greg has been having with with his wife about <laughs> Oak Bank, I, it, 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 it's as long as I've known him, I think, Mackling. This is, I, I keep wondering, what will it take for you to be swayed? I think at this point it will be the kids graduating from high school. Yeah. That would be the, yeah, that'll be the next point where we could possibly consider this. So, yeah. I got a house uh, with Sheila a pool had for me you ready right now. What's that, Loren? I got a house with a pool. I'm going to send you the link right now. I'm thinking pool party for chicken days 2023. <laughs> well, a pool <laughs> is mandatory if we're making that move. So send it over, McNabb. <laughs> It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We are going to talk scams with the RCMP in just a moment. But a reminder, we're asking you about the things that instantly annoy you for a chance to win a Canadian's Winter Wonderland Pass, which starts tomorrow, by the way. And uh, this text is on behalf of millions of people. 100% it is, Brett. What annoys me? The convenience charges tacked onto Ticketmaster purchases there's nothing convenient about me forking over more money to a company at their convenience. Excellent. Is that the credit card fee? Is that essentially what it is? It's the it's just the uh, a fee that's charged for the pleasure of doing business <laughs> with Ticketmaster. They call it a convenience fee, but like as I'm already paying you for the out, ticket. I already paid yeah, you for the ticket. Yeah, yeah. and so, then so, uh, depending on the event, it might be four dollars. It might be eight. It might be twenty dollars. Just all depends. It's, yeah, it's, it's now I'm annoyed by that, charge. and I didn't even think of it before. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Didn't even mm-hmm. buy a ticket, and I'm, and I'm annoyed. <laughs> 204-780-6868 will pick a winner at 9.15. As of October 31st of this year, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre has received more than 75,000 reports of fraud, with almost 48,000 victims. So if you add it all up, more than $420 million has been lost to fraud this year, according to the centre. That's more than the $383 million lost in all of 2021. And again, those numbers are just to the end of October. And so some of the scams that are circulating this time of year, you might have counterfeit, fake charities, crypto investment, romance scams, phishing scams. The list goes on and on, Greg. Yeah, it's easy to say that you wouldn't fall for a scam, but the numbers show otherwise. How can we protect ourselves for more? We're joined now by Sergeant Paul Manega, the RCMP. Sergeant Manek, thank you as always for your time. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you have specific numbers on this, but how often are you getting calls from Manitobans to say, "Hey, I've been scammed." Um, I got stats here going back from 2017, and it's actually pretty crazy. It's like back then we had around 719 reports from 2017, and then I guess in the fifth year by 2021, that number is up to 2,142. So that's like a threefold increase. So what can we do about this? 
Well, like I say, the, the important thing is people here are reporting it so that we're able to keep track of kind of the trends. Is it, like they say, is it crypto? Is it a romance scam? All those types. And then the idea is hopefully to try and educate people on what to look for and what to, how to prepare if you're actually going to do some type of transaction, which you might think is legitimate, but it's not, or vice versa. So what are some of those tips? And, and you know, like there, there's two sides to this, Paul. There's the consumer me being aware and smarter, but there's also the need, I think, to catch some of these guys and persecute them for what they're doing. But first, let's start with that prevention. And how can I prevent myself from falling victim to some of these crimes? Well, a lot of these are going to come to you either via you know, a text message, an email, uh, someone trying to purport to be something else, like a different business, a different banking institution. They're trying to get data from you to either access an account or just trying to get some information that you know maybe could lead to identity fraud and stuff. But the idea is they want obviously money first, so they're going after the banking account information. So basically, if you're getting a text message or an email from a supposedly your bank saying, "Hey, you got to check, it. you got to confirm some details," um, don't click on the links that are provided in either the text message or the link or the email. It's those are called phishing scams. They're just trying to, they, they look legitimate, could be uh, that your bank logo, it looks good. Uh, you might notice the odd spelling mistake, which should be the big red flag. And But just if you have a concern with your bank, go through the, directly through their website and then try and determine what the issue is. So we, that's the biggest thing is urging people not to click these links or to phone these numbers that you're, you know, if you get a, a cell phone call saying, oh, you know, you've got an arrest warrant. You've got to provide money to this person. Uh, Sergeant, I was conveying uh, to uh, Brett and Loren via text message a little earlier that my grandmother uh, about five years ago got convinced that, first of all, her Shaw cable bill was uh, behind and that she needed to pay it right away. And she needed to do so by going and buying prepaid visa credit cards and then sending them uh, to a certain address. And she did that. And it wasn't too long after she did it, she realized that she'd been scammed. So first of all, she was embarrassed about the fact that she was behind on her cable bill. And that's why she didn't ask me about it. She wasn't behind on her cable bill, but they'd convinced her that, that she was. And then the idea of reporting this horrified her because she felt as though uh, she would look foolish how important is it that when you realize you've been victimized you report it well absolutely it's it's important like you say um i'm sure she's not the only one like i say a lot of people are embarrassed so i imagine the numbers that we have probably not i'm sure it's not painting a true picture of the amount of fraud that's going on out there because people like i say it's either a small amount perhaps they were victimized or there are things that they just don't want to embarrass themselves so it's, it's extremely important for us to know, like I say, we have to track those trends. Uh, like you mentioned, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, that's two. They should be reporting it to the police as well as that website. Because then it keeps track, like I say, of those trends across Canada. And then if there's actually some enforcement opportunities, if it's determined to be local in the country, uh, they can go after them. So are, pe- are police going after them? Because I think people would like to know, are we, you know, if the scams are on the rise, which they clearly are, are arrests on the rise? Are we keeping up, or at least attempting to keep up with this, Sergeant Beneg? I wouldn't say the arrests are up, but like I say, we are doing the investigations. Like I say, we're starting to get more people trained and what to look for. Um, our technological crime unit is basically 
I'm busy kind of looking after if it's things that can be tracked down in the, in Canada. And unfortunately, a lot of times, it's a lot of these people or the scammers are from out of country, which then basically limits exactly what we can do or if any re- possible recoveries of monies. And we had a text earlier from one of our listeners. You you mentioned spelling mistakes in uh, message scams, whether it's email or a direct message or a text message. Said that a spelling mistake is is a big red flag. And this listener suggested that sometimes scammers will will uh, put spelling mistakes in on purpose to try to to weed out some people who are wise to scams, so that way they're just focusing entirely on on those who might be who might fall for it. Is there any anything to that? Well, there's always that possibility that, like I say, they're just, or it's how much time do they have to prepare that false uh, web page that they want to direct the people to. So it's, it's like I say, it's all, all depends on the resources and the time these and the sophistication these people have as far as how much work they want to put into it and what they get out of it in the end. Like I say, they're not just targeting Canadians. Like this is a worldwide problem. Uh, and like I say, a lot of times these our suspects are out of country. RCMP Sergeant Paul Maneg joining us live on CJOB. Sergeant, thank you very much for the time. We appreciate it, sir. Perfect. Thank you. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Reminder that we are giving away tickets for Canadians' Winter Wonderland. We're asking you for the things that annoy you Simple little things that might drive you bonkers. And you can text us at 204-780-6868, like Tracy, who says people who jingle change in their pockets. Oh, yeah. I actually had a client, uh, or, or an open mouth tours. I actually had a client who was an open mouth tour. He told what me. What does that mean? I'm not, I guess it's Yeah, somebody, what is that? Is that like um, maybe somebody who is... You know what? I'm going to need to, to seek some confirmation on that. I was hoping one of you would know what it was. I, thought, I initially thought, you know, some people just have their mouth open, or do they mean they're just constantly talking? Yeah, I don't or, know. Or chewing with their mouth open. Oh, that could know. be it. Yeah, the Tracy says, uh, this person told me he was not going to conform to societal standards. I politely reminded him if he had any intentions of ever getting a girlfriend, he should close his mouth. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, Yeah, well, closing your mouth when you chew... If you decide not to do that, that could turn off lots of members of the uh, of whatever uh, gender you're trying to attack. Yeah, watching videos of a groundhog eat a carrot with their open <laughs> mouth, that's cute. <laughs> yes, but we are not, at, well, we are, I guess, uh, <laughs> in essence, animals, but we're trying to be less animal-like all the time, are we not? Not cute when it's a person doing that. So 204-780-6868 for a chance to win. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. Now, earlier this week on Giving Tuesday, we spoke to a number of great Winnipeg organizations, including Silo Mission, and we learned that the shelter, like many groups, is seeing a significant increase in demand. Mm-hmm. But it's not just the number of, of, of people experiencing homelessness, looking for beds. This actually fascinated all of us. But it's the number of people just looking for a hot meal. People who aren't homeless, they might have a roof over their head, but are struggling to afford the basics like lunch or supper, Loren. Yeah, and it's a sign that, you know, the cost of living right now is pushing a lot of people past their breaking point in a number of ways. And they're turning, just putting their hand up for help because they can't afford life right now. And so when we heard this on Tuesday, I went back to Silo Mission and I said, do you have numbers for this? And I was astonished 
in what I was shared. Uh, here's what they gave me. In October last year, Siloam served 24,420 meals. October this year, 46,579. So that's almost double the number of meals, October to October. And based on even their September to October numbers, it's trending up. And so we thought we'd really dive back into this. And we're joined now by Luke Thiessen of Silo Mission. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. I have to say, when I got that text from Tessa, the CEO, I was just floored. I could not believe they'd be up that dramatically. So can you kind of walk us through what you feel is going on out there? Yeah, we've definitely uh, seen an, an, an increase um, now that's been pretty sustained over the last year or so. Um, we, we started to like we, we were serving fewer meals during the pandemic and that was coming back up for background normal. But all, through this year, especially since the spring, it's just up and up and up um, beyond what we could have imagined. Um, and I think we're, we're seeing that because of, uh, you know, inflation and food prices, as you mentioned just a moment ago there, that it's not necessarily people who don't have like who are experiencing homelessness actively. In some cases, it's people who all who did experience homelessness, who transitioned into housing, um, but are having trouble keeping that because, you know, it's hard to afford the rent and the groceries when both of those things are going up, especially the food costs um, and people who are, you know, at risk of, of uh, losing their home if they can't pay rent. They got to find some way to make the ends meet. So if coming to us for a meal is that solution, um, you know, we're here to help with that. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. Well, it's wonderful that you provide that service. I didn't realize you did, Luke. Uh, so that's wonderful, but it's uh, kind of shocking to realize so many people are taking advantage of it. And so just one more piece of evidence as to the economic difficulties many are dealing with. What about the logistics of how you do things? Have you had to alter the way you serve meals uh, to double your capacity and the amount of people that you're serving, have you had to change the type of food that you serve or the times of day that you do it? You know, we're really lucky. We have a lot of space. Um, and so we've been able to accommodate this, but um, something that has been challenging is keeping food, you know, on our shelves to serve. It's just the volume of, of ingredients. Um, traditionally about 90% or more of, of all the food we serve, all the ingredients come from donations where we're, purchasing very little of it um, but the the things we are purchasing is increasing the cost of those things are increasing it's, it's more difficult for people individuals and businesses to be donating uh, you know the raw ingredients that we need um, so you know collection events have become extra important for us uh, going to grocery stores getting people to you know put a few extra things in their cart um, but even there we're seeing that people are, are struggling to do that we're, we're seeing uh, like that those things are decreasing while the need is increasing um, we can see that everyone's feeling the pinch. So then how do you manage this? Like, how can you manage this increase in need, especially on the food front? For us, it's it's a matter of finding new partnerships, um, you know, finding people who will uh, who are willing to donate, whether that's, you know, businesses, grocery stores, but also, yeah, being out in the community, letting people know, you know, this is our need. These are the things we need. Um, and then finding ways to just make sure that there's actually food to serve. It's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, you get creative in the kitchen, find ways to make it work with with what we have, dip into the the, the non-perishables that have been sitting on the shelf for a bit. Um, but um, yeah, we exist to, to feed those who, who need that hot meal, and that's going to be number one priority. I can only imagine, Luke, you mentioned, you know, that there's all sorts of people coming in now. There might be the people who are struggling and experiencing homeless. Maybe they have before 
and now they're coming back and, and my heart breaks on all fronts to hear, you know, I can only imagine how hard it is to walk in and ask for help. Uh, and then when you've been there before and you, you don't, you don't want to have to go back to that moment and there you are again. And so I'm just curious what you're hearing from your clients about what's going through their heads right now. Yeah, that's a good point. And we definitely see that, you know, I think historically um, there's, there's folks who, when they move into housing, um, whether for the first time or, you know, they've been homeless for a while, um, and and they're they're just happy to leave that behind, you know. They, they the dignity of being able to cook for themselves and be independent is, is important. And I can only imagine that it, it it's hard for some of those folks to come back and um, you know and, and sort of be these coming back to the place where they've been relying um, on on support and and free food and things like that. Um, for others, you know, it, it, a sense of community is a big part of it. Um, so we have people who continue to access meals at Siloam. But in either case, um, I think it's uh, we're, we are seeing more people in that position regardless, more people who are, um, they, do, they are uh, living on their own, but are just simply unable to keep food on the shelves. And this is the, the only option, um, whether it's an option they like or an option they'd rather not be resorting to. Luke, I've in the past uh, been grateful to realize that when I was raising my kids, I never had to decide between a box of diapers and, and food for my kids or go without a meal myself so that my kids could go with one. How many of these folks are, are parents that are just trying to um, reserve uh, their, their food budgets for their kids? That's a big part of it. Uh, there's definitely folks we see in our community who um, a, a part of their moving into independence is that they're reunited with their kids in a lot of cases. Um, you know, that's that's part of their conversation with uh, with CFS. Um, it, it's a, a huge part of their self-esteem that they're they've reunited. They're a family again. They're living on their own. Uh, but it's not cheap uh, to be feeding kids as well as yourself. And um, yeah, that is a, that's a big factor. Um, we don't uh, have kids in our drop-in. So in, I think chances are in a lot of these cases, uh, parents are coming to us um, to feed themselves so that they have uh, the leftover money and food to feed their kids. Luke Thiessen with Silo Mission joining us live on 680 CJOB. Luke, thank you very much for this. Thanks so much. And a reminder that Phil the Freightliner is coming up on Saturday, December 10th at Boston Pizza Keniston. We're looking to fill up a Transolutions Truck Center Freightliner. And you can get more details on that at cjob.com. It's such an important event. And the generosity on display blows us away every year. We're looking forward to seeing more of that once again Saturday, December 10th, Boston Pizza Keniston, starting at 9 a.m. Hello there. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We want to give away a pass for Canadian's Winter Wonderland. We're asking you at 204-780-6868 about the things that instantly annoy you for a chance to win. Like uh, Henry, who says a couple of things come to mind that annoy me. First, when guys don't lift the seat up when doing their business in a public washroom, I can see cleaning up after a two-year-old, but not lazy grown men. Uh-huh. Here, here, Henry. Mm-hmm. Also, repetitiveness annoys me. When will you be here next week? Coming from a customer. I can't tell you the exact time it varies due to different factors. Next week, same question. And the week after and on and on, I just smile and tell them the same thing. But inside, I just want to <laughs> headbutt some sense into them. Okay, that's good, we Henry. Had, uh, someone also texted in like the repeated, they were a, a clerk somewhere, Greg, I think. They worked at a grocery store and, and right. the lines that get repeated back to them, like uh, when there's not a price tag on the item and they're trying to figure out what the price is and the customer says, well, I guess it must be free. <laughs> and the cashier is like, yes. 
heard yeah, that one the, before. The dad jokes, uh, you got those as the waiter too. <laughs> I'm just going to bring you out, out your bill and we can, well, I didn't order that. <laughs> <laughs> what is, like uh, what does Carol have, Greg? When I'm at a concert or any event and people that are sitting in front of me have to stand more than sit, therefore taking away from my view of the event. Now, Carol, I'm going to disagree with you in some circumstances. When the Jets score a goal, you stand and you clap and you cheer. When the Blue Bombers are on defense and Willie Jefferson is waving his arms in his in in, in an attempt to get the stand the fans all standing and cheering, yeah. you listen to Willie Jefferson. And when Elton John tells you he wants you to get up and dance, you get up and dance. When it comes to concerts in particular, I I know there's some people that don't want to stand through the entire thing, and it's frustrating for people. I just saw Elton John in San Diego, and I witnessed a back and forth in front of me, and I just uh, I I kept out of it. But the idea of going to a rock concert or or a music concert, not getting up and dance, is something uh, that I've you know you got to dance. Is yeah. are, are we going with Jamie as the winner? Do it. Jamie says, this drives me crazy. The word twirl, specifically in reference to the act of skating, especially when used to describe hockey players. Oh, he took a twirl. Rage. Urge to kill. Rising. I fully realize, says Jamie, how irrational this is, but that acknowledgement <laughs> does nothing less to nothing to lessen my ire. <laughs> it's it, the most it, random thing, the word twirl. It just means to spin. Like, is it because the twirl seems to have different connotations, you know, like it's more of a dancey move? Maybe they just don't like the sound of the word. Like, uh, the, like some, moist. Okay, you, you said it for me. I was going to say moist. <laughs> Go for a rip. <laughs> hey, how you doing there, bud? Let's go for a rip. Jamie, you win. You're going for a rip at Canada's Winter Wonderland. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hal Anderson, the host of Connecting Winnipeg, joins us in our next segment to tell you what he's got coming up for you just after 10 o'clock. But right now, let's talk about the Winnipeg Jets. They return to the ice tomorrow night as the Columbus Blue Jackets come to town. Jets are, of course, coming off an impressive 5 nothing win over the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. And a quarter of the way through the 2022-2023 season, Brett, the Jets are in a legitimate battle for first place in the NHL Central Division. Some consider it the, the best, the toughest division in hockey. They have the sixth best winning percentage in the entire league as we begin the month of December. The Jets have had some ups and downs over the past couple of seasons, and even when they were stringing wins together, I never got the sense that it was sustainable Somehow, this feels different. Sarah Orleski of Jets TV joins us now. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. How are you all doing? I think we're doing A-OK. Great to have you on the program to talk some Jets. What has stood out most for you about this team in the month of November? Well, I think pretty much the way that you described it right there about how not only are they putting up wins, but it seems to be in a sustainable sort of fashion. I think that we've seen this team continue to evolve and what Rick Bonus and his coaching staff have looked to put in place from training camp on that the team has really 
taken hold with. I think that there was a little bit of time, obviously, in October as there was adjustments, and they're still looking for some of that consistency in it. Game will continue to evolve, but I've been really impressed with the steps that they've continued to make. And I think as well, the fact that they're getting contributions often across the lineup. You're not just relying on your top six or you're not just relying on your on your star players. Um, you're getting contributions from your depth players and a number of them playing in positions and with ice time that maybe they're not familiar with at the NHL level. But everybody, it is obvious, everybody has bought in. You have Connor Hellebuck playing at an elite level and this is a team that is exciting to watch. That's one of the things. There is an energy around this team that I haven't seen in a number of years, and there's an energy around that building, too, where you, know, you can just, when you're watching it, when you're inside, you can feel the excitement of fans. It's a fun brand of hockey to watch and think that um, Candle Life Center has, you know, they have, they have proven, the Jets have proven that that's the place that you want to be if you're a Jets fan. You're making a good point, actually, having gone to a game this year, and my kids have gone to a couple too. There is something different about the feeling in the crowd, for sure. It really is a, a more electric, maybe kind of gets back to the first couple years for the Jets. And when you talk about electric, I, we want to talk about Josh Morrissey. It's hard to believe we're coming up on almost 10 years since he's been drafted, Sarah, but it's, I don't think it's too hard to believe that he's turned into the player that we're seeing this year. It, is it unexpected for you, or exactly what was expected? Well, and it not it exactly say though it is hard to believe that it was that long ago that he was drafted <laughs> I have to do a double take sometimes even say with Mark Shifley too and go, you're how old now because in your mind you just it's amazing how fast time goes by for it but I think that what's great Josh is that I, he has to be placed to me in that group of players that have had that bounce back season obviously as individuals and a collective group, they weren't happy with the way that last season went. And there were a number of players that were looking to elevate their play and to bounce back. And he absolutely has to be in that list of players that have been able to do that for the first 21 games. But what I like about Josh's game is that we have continued to see his game evolve. We know that he could we know that he had an offensive side to his game, saw it in the, when he played in the junior ranks. So we knew it was there, but you didn't see it really in the NHL. And we have now, and you've seen his speed on display and you need to look no further than that. Uh, I mean, the overtime uh, game winning goal against Dallas was the perfect example of it. He has speed that maybe we just didn't see with the same sort of um, consistency that we're seeing right now, but he's been able to produce one of the things that Rick Bonus said coming into the season, they needed more offense from their defense. They've been given that green light to be able to contribute in that way a little bit more and, and encouraged to do it. And we've seen Josh continue to elevate his game. I think there's only, I believe I'm right with this, and there's four games this season where he hasn't got a point. Obviously, second star of the week last week for the NHL. And he just, he continues, I think you see an excitement in his game as well as he continues to um, take steps forward with it, which is what you love to see at this point in the career, that you're still seeing, you're still seeing the game continue to grow. Now, Blake Wheeler had a hat trick in Tuesday's 5 nothing win over Colorado. He's played more games as a Winnipeg Jet 2.0 than any other player. The former captain is 36 years old. So what have you seen from him so far this season? Well, I think that one of the 
Blake had one of the biggest question marks around him going into this season, just given everything that happened before the start of camp, um, obviously uh, not being the captain anymore, but being a key part of that leadership group. And I think that he looks like he's playing. And I, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I think that he looks like he's playing freer uh, and looser with it. And that maybe that not having to wear C and everything that goes along with being the captain of the Winnipeg Jets and having a bigger leadership group has really helped him with it. And I think that you look at his, we knew he would continue to lead anyways. I think that he has been one of those players that has been able to really succeed um, in this new environment, look at the number of times, you know, after the games, after wins, they give out two jackets, right? One for an unsung hero, one for the player of the game. And you can wa- you can see on Jet social media, we post pictures afterwards of the players that have been awarded the jacket for that night. The number of times that he has received it, and it's decided mm-hmm. by your teammates. So I, you're looking whether it be player of the game or unsung hero that he's his play and his involvement in that room is embraced by his teammates. And I love the, what Rick bonus has been able to do with his lines so far. I think that when they need to be jump, uh, they need a little kick and that offense needs to get going. He's not afraid to make some changes. Obviously over the last several games, we've seen Cole Perfetti, Mark Shifley, and Blake Wheeler together. We know what Shifley and Wheeler can be like together because we've seen it for so many years with the Winnipeg Jets. But in these last three games, in particular, you mentioned he had the hat trick last game. He had four points, four assists in the two games before that. So Blake has his game has had to change over the years. Um, especially with where he is in his career right now and just given father time and age, but he is, he is so, he can be so effective and he has been so effective for the Winnipeg Jets this season. Sarah Orleski of Jets TV joining us this morning on the start. And Sarah used two words there that jump out for me that apply to the next individual. I want to ask you about freer and change. Mark Shifley. I'm calling this first part of the season the Mark Shifley Redemption Tour because <laughs> for me, it began in the summer. And quite frankly, it was his interview with you, Sarah, that started it all off when he clarified some of the comments that he made in his exit interview, his last uh, engagement with the media before the summer break. He did national media all summer, all the while preparing only as he does for the upcoming season. He is absolutely, in my mind, driving play. And no matter who he is playing with, he is now elevating their game. And and his play in the defensive zone uh, has 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 stood out in many many circumstances. Absolutely, and that was one of the biggest criticisms of his game last year that we didn't see that. And I I give a lot of credit to obviously to all the players, but to this coaching staff as well. And even though Rick bonus is the figurehead and and face of that coaching staff, obviously is the head coach. I think that a lot of credit has to be given to the assistant associate coach as well. The job that Scott Arneal, Brad Lauer, Marty Johnston have done with this group. Communication is what you hear so often that it's all about communication. The players know where they stand. And I think that that goes throughout the entire coaching staff 
as key points for them and that these players have really embraced it. We didn't know what we were going to get from Mark Shifley um, as viewers going into this season, but he looks re-energized. And for so many years, talked about Shifley as being, you know, pushing to get into that upper echelon of players. Didn't see it last year, have seen him be a difference maker this year. And you just, you look at much as how he said that you see how Josh Morrissey's game has continued to grow and evolve at this point in his career. So it's so promising for the Winnipeg Jets and for fans of this team watching to be able to see marking that because this is a team that with the style that they're playing right now and everyone buying in and people back checking and you just, that effort that's there to me, that makes, this team that much more likable because of the brand of hockey that they're want, playing, that everybody wanna, is buying in. I, I want to, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt Sarah, because I just wanted to quickly get this in. You referenced the jacket that's going out at the end of the game, you know, for uh player of the game. And then of course they have the unsung hero and they started doing that right at the start of the year. And it goes back to stuff that happens in minor hockey, right? The kids get their hard hat for digger award or, you know, players will, reward another player for doing something well and it it seems to me that the players as adults really love this tradition being introduced to the locker room am i wrong those are genuine smiles when that jacket gets handed out absolutely i love nate schmidt quickly joked to me after he got it that he he was so happy that he got it early in the season because he didn't know what it was going to smell like by the end for it but it was that, so but, they pass it around right it's not a new jacket every time <laughs> so they get so it, and it goes with them obviously on the road it gets hung up you know right as soon as it arrives in the room by the by the trainers and uh, but what i what's great about it is that i think it's it's something new this year because it was always the fighter helmet beforehand but it isn't that it's i love that the players came up with it themselves and they came up with two that it's not just the player of the game that they're recognizing the unsung hero of the game and that so it's it's you know, a little bit more collaborative and you're recognizing everybody, not just Connor Hellebuck gets the shutout. Who else is really important? There is an emphasis. Everything is about the team. Here. It is not about individuals and their statistics and their impact. It is about the team. And I, when you look at that, you're seeing the responses from players after the game about how much fun it is to be around there. This is a group that is enjoyable to be around this year. You see lots of smiles, laugh, winning obviously helps, but people are buying into that idea that the collective whole is greater than the individual parts. Sarah Orleski from Jets TV joining us live on 680 CJOB. Sarah, thank you very much. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.